If Murray had supported the show, I'd be less sick of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> America's first. Blubbity Blah. The Blubbity Blah. Sending out good vibes. Blubbity Blah. Good vibes. Blubbity Blah. Good vibes. Good vibes. Good vibes. Underneath breaths of deep gratitude and prayers for guidance and protection. And put on a didgeridoo and shamanic drumming track. Shivers or vibrations and stuff like that. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Grand America Show. Coming at you on, I guess it's uh, Truth and Reconciliation Day. Well, no, no, that was last Friday, I think. Says today on my calendar. If if anything, it was Saturday. What? It was the 30th. But uh, today is the holiday. Oh, really? Interesting. I didn't see that on the government is closed today. Maybe in Alberta or Saskatchewan or everywhere. Was it so? Was it a holiday for you? I think just the federal government. No, it wasn't a fault. <laughs> it wasn't a holiday for me. It wasn't even a holiday for my kids. I thought it was a new statutory holiday, though. For the so, I think I actually have. Let me see. I might have a list of who gets it. Um. That's confusing. Please. Oh, who is affected? September 30th is only holiday for employees protected by the Canada Labor Code. What does that mean? If you work in one of the following sectors, you would normally be protected by the Canada Labor Code. The federal government and federal crown corporations, for example, Canada Post, banks, Except for cases populaires, whatever that is. Sounds like a Quebec thing. <laughs> Radio and television broadcasting. Air transportation, including airlines, airports, aerodromes, and aircraft operations. Post services, marine shipping, ferries, tunnels, canals, bridges, and pipelines that cross international or provincial borders. And road transportation services, including trucks and buses that cross provincial or international borders regularly. Wow, what Everybody the... else, get the fuck to work. <laughs> it's unbelievable. That's... I worked, I mean, I'm sure I, I'm sure I could have taken it, you know, if I would have just said, hey, I'm taking Monday for being an Indian. I'm an orange they guy. They would have been shocked, I'm sure, but neither, you know, it would have been fine. What about the RCMP and the all that stuff? They were definitely open. I went and actually got my license plate back from the police station today. Oh. Do they close? Are they, so the police station? No, no, but I mean, it might be a like double payday or whatever, you know. I don't know. So I was in like in the police station in the fucking like the office part that would have been closed. That's normally closed. We closed all weekend. Did they like- closed all weekend? I don't know. I've never tried to go to the police station there. Maybe it's open all the time. Maybe I'm completely mistaken on that. But I went there and got my license plate back that someone stole out of my driveway. Oh, was that they stole it out of your driveway? Yeah, it turned out to be out of my driveway. The neighbor's camera caught him. No way. What? You could see this bitch come and steal my license plate. No. Across, so you can't even see her. So 
you can't even see her steal my license plate, but you can see her when she comes running across. So his camera picks her up like halfway across my front yard, running over, stealing his license plate too. They can't actually steal her seeing my plate. You just see her coming running like out of my yard into his yard because our trucks oh. are parked. You know, they're both backed into the garages like 15 feet apart. That ruins my theory then that they, that it was some, somebody woke that didn't like your, all the stickers that you got in your truck. Oh yeah. The series out the window came and grabbed uh, my plate, <laughs> neighbor's plate and hopped in a white truck and drove away. So they got the plate back and I was like, well, what, what's a stolen vehicle? What's going on? And uh, he's like, I don't know. They're just switching plates. It's weird. He's like, I don't know what they're fucking up to. But I mean, the cops are all fucking idiots too. They're like the, I mean, I know some cops that are not idiots, but for the most part, you know, they're idiots, you know, and, and on a whole, idiots are on the rise. <laughs> so, you know, the idiots of the idiots are, you know, not great, to put it mildly. So was she, trying to match the, she was trying to match the truck, like stealing from a white truck, putting on a white truck so that somehow, like, nobody notices? I think it's like you just don't have insurance or registration or probably a driver's license either. And you have a truck, though, a white truck. So you just, you just, you know, they would go yeah. grab 10 plates and put a different plate on, you know, hopefully before it gets, seems risky. You know, I just don't understand why you wouldn't just go get a fucking license plate. I just, I don't know. I've never well, been on a can't. license plate stealing. Why can't yeah. you? You can't get someone to just get you a well, plate. No, they, they're, they're suspended or whatever. Probably, right? Get someone else to do it. It's just register in a car. I guess you got to get insurance. Is maybe yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I've never been a fucking loser. <laughs> I probably have, but not at that level. Yeah. So I'm sure there's some drugs involved somewhere along the line. So did they? Did they give you like a? Did they? Did they salute you on shame day or orange shirt day as a? They didn't say shit to me. I don't. I suppose most people don't just assume I'm an Indian. You know, and the country. <laughs> or the you got like a, a don't tread on me hat and a cowboy mustache. And a, yeah, in a city full of immigrants, you know, there's people from all over the fucking world here. Sudanese fucking, you know, every fucking flavor of brown and black people is up in this motherfucker. We got fucking seven person gang wars between Sudanese and Ethiopians going on in the Northeast. It seems to be on a semi-regular basis. Oh, I mean, the fact... That they're fighting each other with sticks and stones. I mean, I'm not going to say anything, but it's funny, right? It's funny. It's hard not to laugh at that. Anyway, yeah, there's another one. Yeah. So they seem to be leaving the the non the non Ethiopian and Sudanese. Maybe I have those two right or wrong. I don't know. The Ethiopians. The Eritreans or something. But... The Ethiopians are in the mix for sure. I know that the Ethiopians are are part of the problem. Um, did they improve their weaponry the uh, second? Not sticks and stones. Sticks and stones, clubs and shit in there. But I mean, they, they didn't that. seem serious to me yeah, in a way. Like, it was a weird, yeah. the weirdest thing I've ever watched. It doesn't seem like they have. They they just got here, so they don't have access to weapons. So I mean, that really is a real saving grace here. And someone might say, you know, if it was America and they could just go buy some guns, we could have a real problem on our hands. <laughs> Uh, luckily, they just have sticks and stones. But I mean, it could, could this could evolve? 
I mean, a, a stone can still kill you, but it just it just didn't seem like anybody was in real danger, even though there was a gang war. Going. I go there all the time. I'm not, dude, dude. It's this. It was at the the last one. I think was at the Walmart up on 64th, dude. That's like a mile from the Cabela's. I'm not in Cabela's fucking three or four days a week. If that was like someplace you wanted to like stalk me, that'd be the place to get me. Just wait over <laughs> the balls and you'll find, you know, you steal your license plate. In a couple of days, you'll probably track me down. I mean, I just can't drive by the place. There's always something to grab. I'm always sort of looking for a couple calibers of bullets, too, you know, so I don't even always buy anything, but I'm just always sort of popping in there because uh, they're the number one ammo supplier in the city so are there are you getting are you getting to know some of the people yeah, they won't hold nothing for you so neither will canadian getting, tire so a lot of these places i just sort of pop into in my day-to-day to check are you getting to know any of them or no uh there's a guy i know the archery guy at cabela's for sure i know him pretty good do they have those little hand crossbows that that women could easily use yeah i have one they have them there a woman yeah do they have do they have like uh, BB guns that are uh, just about above the limit? Just above the limit, yeah. But you need to just about that. above the limit. Like, for, you can't do anything with a fucking just about. You know who has a just about the limit? Lola has a, and my my daughters all have little BB guns. They don't even use them anymore because now they have real guns. Ground. They have four ten shotguns and twenty twos. <laughs> they have real guns. And when they're 12, they can even do the little test and they can even just legally take the real guns by themselves and go hunting. I should probably go get a pal, I guess. You I just get a real gun. I mean, or at least get a crossbow, you know? I mean, a BB gun, bro. Dude, just it's just... It's, somebody it's off. Only... If I break in your house and you shoot me a bunch of times with a BB gun and I was just going to take your shit, now I'm fucking you up. Now, you wouldn't be able to because you'd be getting in the face, man. Like you're not gonna like dude, you're overestimating the fucking the the you just if you start shooting a grown man with a BB gun, you're just gonna piss him off. Oh man. come on! It's only really it's the first initial scare that you need. Like you need to just scare somebody oh. with with like what looks like a gun, and it still shoots something, and they'll uh, they'll, they'll off, run. You're better off not pulling a trigger because as soon as you pull the trigger, they know you're fine. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't like. I don't agree. <laughs> you, you. <laughs> what if they have a gun? It's like a and little. Now you've pulled out a, a fire, or what appears to be a firearm against <laughs> an actual firearm. <laughs> Guns are loud, right? I don't know. I think you should. Just That's get a good point. I mean, it would be like if you could get a you could get a fucking four ten. Four tens are super cheap right now because it's. Oh. Cheap, it's it's tricky to find ammo. It's not actually impossible, but it's tricky. Can you add a like a add a, a explosive muffler on a BB gun to make it sound louder? Could you? Could you add like a little cap? You know those little caps, the blast caps we used to use. Like, could you make it sound like a gun to at least maybe incite more fear? This is like sticking socks in your underwear. I mean, I don't know what the fuck, man. You just get a, get a gun. Just get a gun. You're like skirting it. I don't just really turn it in like the gayest possible ways too. I mean, <laughs> get a fucking sword or a crossbow or I got I've got all that. I've got an axe and I've got like a staff axe with good yeah. reach, with yeah, good reach. It's got reach. It's a reach weapon. And I've got I've got a cross a bow, a compound, and a and a regular yeah. bow. I mean, what? That you can barely aim. What <laughs> yeah. do you mean? 
Hang on, don't rub me yet while I put my eye patch on. <laughs> <laughs> you just need a fucking shotgun with some like number four that's and, a, and an improved cylinder choke that by the end of the hallway, you got the whole hallway. That's is that what you recommend then? I get for you, yeah. For anyone who doesn't know what they're shooting, I would recommend. Probably even just a 410. I mean, a 12 gauge is a lot of gun if you're small or a chick. I mean, you could shoot a 12 gauge fine, I'm sure. But it is a lot. Of, it's a it's a bit much. You're, you're going to kill them. If they're in your house, there's not a 12 gauge round that you're not at a real risk of killing them with. But you get a 410, like a number nine, you know? I don't know. You can probably, it's all, it's you can probably blast them. So number nine means there's just a ton of tiny little pellets in it. And a 410 is like the small shotgun you can get. It's still loud, so pop. If it was a slug, it would kill him. But I bet you if you did number nine at like 20 yards, you would just yeah. embed like fucking 40 tiny little BBs into them, like uh, a quarter of an inch. That's 60 feet? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, maybe anything get... inside of that. And, you know, how much you is might one of those? You get a single shot for 150 bucks. You get a nice little side by side for two something, a little pump, maybe 300. Um, and then what? So, what I do, no, I don't. What you could do is empty them out and fill them up with rock salt or even just salt, you know? And then you, you just fold the little end back up, I heard. And then you shoot it, and you essentially you've got all the gunpowder behind it, but it's just blasting a bunch of salt out the barrel. So it shouldn't, you know. Still, if you're within ten yards, you could be, you probably kill them. But if you're, you know, outside thirty feet, even twenty feet, maybe I don't know. I'm not looking to try it. But, well, I, uh, me neither. I mean, I live in a small town. Just find salt. You're probably okay. You know, they're just yeah. going to be really hurting. It, but they might be fine. Might be blind. I mean, nobody wants to come all the way out here either. Like this, like this. I feel like now that I'm in my new new home here, I feel like it's like in the middle of nowhere. It's a long and way. They come out there, you know. They ain't leaving. So, and the cops aren't coming. That's a good point. But probably nobody's gonna come out there. But if they come out there, they're fucking there. They're not yeah. gonna be easily startled off, and there's no help coming. Anytime. Yeah, that's a good point. I should so, get my defenses set up a little bit better. I have a problem. I have a gun <laughs> problem, I think. I, I, <laughs> I bought two more. I uh, Well, honestly, it wasn't my fault because I had sort of agreed to buy them a long time ago and forgot. And then just finally came up that they're coming to town. They were found in an old safe. My buddy's grandpa died. His grandma found him in the gun safe. I think the 30 odd six has never even been shot. It's like 45 years old, never been shot. And another 12 gauge. I had to buy a bow, so I had to get another shotgun. Um, but the price what, was. What, I don't old. understand that. What, I don't understand that. Why I had to buy them both? No, why you had to get another shotgun? Oh, so you, you bought oh, them both? I had to buy them both. That was the deal. If I okay. wanted to just see two guns were going together. And the price is like. Well, why didn't you sell me one of those then? You didn't know those? 350 bucks a gun. Because um, she just wants them gone. So I'm taking them. And this, I've been wanting a 30-odd six. It hits a little harder than my 270. So I'm going to get that and get it sighted in. And 
38, 30 out of 6 ammo is super ubiquitous too. You can get it just about everywhere. Cheap, cheap ammo. So I got that, came with a 12 gauge, but I just bought a 20 gauge and two four tens. So I just picked up like four shotguns. I was wondering, I saw some pick on one of your socials and I thought, what's going on again there? But well, you've been, you've been I had those four tens on sale for 159 bucks Canadian. Hmm. They're little single shots. It's a little kid's gun. The, is the pal is the pal federal? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's like a kid's gun, a four ten. I mean, yeah. I'm. I mean, men shoot it. I don't know any. That's all I want. I mean, I just want it. This is like no kick. I want a high end BB gun or just a small, small gun, just just for you know, just in case. I have a. Uh, high-end bb gun i have the one that's 1200 feet per second that's almost triple the triple the, the regulation yeah and it still wouldn't fuck you up man it was and it was, it's like once you get to that size you gotta crack them and it takes you a fucking a minute to get it cracked again right you crack shoot crack put one but but you're shooting such a small i think a bb's only six grains or nine yeah, grains slingshot would be better than yeah yeah, a slingshot would be better than a BB gun. Okay, well, maybe I'll keep that handy then. That That's the most intelligent thing you've said yet this podcast. <laughs> did, we mention this, did we mention who the guest is? And this is just lazy round. Oh, yeah, TNR. I can't remember if we mentioned it or not, but it's Truth and Reconciliation Show with Crow. Shame day. Shame day. You got moved in okay? Barely, barely got the studio set up. That was priority. So the rest of it can just uh, settle itself in slowly, slowly. There you go. So I actually got some tax money that I got a small portion of the tax money that I'm owed from the government. And uh, I figured it'd be a footing, a fitting place to put it would be in some new, in some new firearms. So I can't give you a gun unless you get your pal. That'd be illegal. What about once I get it? Then I could give you a gun. I have just the gun that I could give you if you got your pal. I okay. mean, I could uh, give it to you anyway, but you could just never tell anyone that you got it. From no, me. no, no. I don't. I mean, if you shot yeah. somebody with it, we'd have a real problem on our hands. Yeah, you'd have to bury it or throw it into a river or something. Yeah, it could get interesting. And then just bury the body? I don't know. What would you do then? I wouldn't even get into that situation. Well, that's what we all say. Yeah. All right. What do you got? Well, I mean, I mean, just, I guess, this is a fantastic chat with Crow. I mean, it really is kind of helping us sort of dissect what's going on with the government and the Orange Day and the Truth and Reconciliation and this sort of what he would call like a limited hangout. He's pretty skeptical of the whole thing. And there's a lot of people arguing over graves and stuff like that. But like, like, uh, like I've said after sort of narrating your book and, and what he says and his other writers on the never more sub substack is that they were trying to, you know, I guess you could say genocide or just get the culture out of these, these Indians. And that's bad enough. You know, all the 150,000 kids, what he would say, kidnapped, um, taken to these schools 
So I got a quote here for you from Mr. Scott. This is Duncan Campbell Scott. He's the Deputy Superintendent General of Indian Affairs from 1913 to 1932, and he's a poet. I'm not going to read the half-breed girl poem, but um, I, was, I was interrupted during this podcast by both Crow and Darren trying to read this quote, so I'll read it now. It has always been clear to me that the Indians must have some sort of recreation. And if our agents would endeavor to substitute reasonable amusements for this senseless drumming and dancing, it would be of great assistance. And the second quote is, I want to get rid of the Indian problem. Our objective is to continue until there is not an Indian that has not been absorbed into the body politic. And there is no Indian question and no Indian department. Assimilated Indians will be their downfall. <laughs> exactly. Uh, shit, I thought I had something intelligent to say, but I don't think I do. Oh, yeah, I do. I'll give another shout out to uh, Anthony, our British buddy coming over. He was able to get himself an Alberta hunting license, a non-resident alien Alberta hunting license, and a migratory bird permit. So he will, in fact, be able to come duck hunting while he's here. Wow, that's cool. You could do the same and join us. I just picked up another shotgun. Yeah, but isn't that like, isn't there a lot of equipment? Like you need waders and stuff like to, like, you need a lot of gear. Well, for you don't need the waders. We don't have to, you know, like I, someone needs waders. You so. just go in with your, like, with your swimming okay. shoes? Well, you just don't go in. Shorts. I mean, you don't have to go in. Okay. It's fucking it's cold right now, bro. It's, it was when I was on. We're, we're going on a nice. We're going on a trip to go plunging in rivers. So what's the difference? So you're gonna go duck hunting in shorts, and you're just well, gonna go in the water in your shorts and go get the ducks, and then go back in the blind in your shorts and just hang out and stand still. You just I'm shoot the right. ducks, and someone else would go get them for you. Honestly, you're probably not gonna shoot any ducks, so it's probably a non-starter. Right. You're just gonna shoot the gun a couple times and have I'll fun. Pour coffee. What? How you just missed. <laughs> <laughs> so close that time <laughs> but I mean I connected on my first triple of the year so I was pretty happy about that well, dude I got, I got seven ducks in like fucking in like four minutes what's I a triple? Uh, three ducks on three shots so that's like a flock of ducks comes in and you shoot three of them I shot two with a shotgun? Yes, I did. A, I did a double and a double and then a, a triple, which is just bam, bam, bam. Birds are dropping. It was a rough start in the morning. We switched over to the windy end and uh, shot like ten birds in an hour and came home. Then went grousing with the kids the next day. Did they get any grouse? I thought yeah. I saw pictures of the kids holding up something. Got a couple grouse. Be nice to get more. You know, it's so much funner to take them and like uh, right at the start of the season because by now they're so shot up, dude. They're fucking skittish. Pheasant release day is coming up, though. I really want a pheasant, dude. I've seen like five this year so far. I haven't. They're so fucking crafty. Do the kids? And they don't fly. They don't fly. They just run away into the brush. So that makes it so much harder to like, they're just gone. There's fucking, I see them on the side of the road, stop, get out, gone. Fucking things. Do the kids enjoy themselves? Oh, yeah, they love that shit. Do they? Yeah. Getting out there and. Yeah. Yeah. Lola, especially. Madison's getting a little older into the boys and stuff. So we'll see. 
I'm your boyfriend soon. Hmm. I think he's scared to meet me. Imagine that. <laughs> support the show, guys. We can't do without you. GrabAmerica.ca slash support. If you can, when you can. There's never been a more important time to support the Grand America show. I mean, I know we say that all the time. That's no one fucking listens. So we just have to keep saying it. So it's still that same time, that same important time, because no one's really risen to that call. Hopefully we can this week. GrandAmerica.ca slash support. Sign up for a monthly or make a one-time donation. Head to GrandAmericaOutlaw.ca. Sign up for that podcast. We just did a great roundup talking about your crazy COVID stuff. Going through the numbers. And that one's for plus only, that one. Plus only. So sign up for plus over there. That supports us. Or you can go to adultbrain.ca, sign up for plus over or premium over there and get all those audiobooks, 100 of them, all for free. We got some new ones coming out. We're going to change the change the free ones up right away, probably this week. So if you are a listener of that and you haven't downloaded this month's books yet, go download them because they're changing this week. Three new ones. Other than that, guys, enjoy the chat. Well, hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa. whoa. Bio? Yeah, no, no, no. We got to talk about something, something serious here. Anybody wants to to go on a trip with a bunch of cool, cool cats driving through the Rockies, right? Driving through the Rockies. Is this our trip? Yeah, this is our trip. I forgot about it. Yeah, again, we got to talk about it because it's it's not just like cold plunging with Brandon Powell. And is it a what is the the spa? It's a hot springs like i don't know about, we're, going, we're going to the hot we're going to the lucier hot springs on the river on the river so oh, we've got a hot springs on the river with brandon powell we'll be doing some breath work with brandon too i'm sure <clears throat> and uh drive the drive there will be amazing we'll be driving past banff right will we be driving past banff yeah some people just got ate by a grizzly bear just on the weekend so what how many people yeah. two and their dog the same bear same bear yeah they shot it we got to bring back the bear hunt they shot the bear and it still ate him? What to explain to me? What's going on? No, they came and shot the bear while it was eating them a few no. hours later. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. we're driving from Calgary to Bear Spray, folks. We'll make sure you won't get eaten by a bear at the event. The bears will be hibernated. And uh, you know, in the event that they're not, we'll have some bear spray, we'll have some shotguns, we'll have plenty of bear defense. You don't have to worry about bears. I probably shouldn't have brought that up. But uh, yeah, that just happened on the weekend. So. Well, it's we kind of like this, you know, it's like the side effects with drugs, right? I mean, it makes people want to do drugs. So, like, these are side effects of contacting the cabin. There's bears. You might get eaten by a fucking bear, bro. Yeah. But if you do, we'll blast it with a twelve gauge and make a fucking rug out of it. Give it to your family. <laughs> take take so, a bear pelt back with you. Yeah, there you have it. Uh, no, that is point. There's a few spots left for that. It is probably one of. I mean, the Asians love that shit, man. There's, the Asians love Banff, but uh, most, most people do. It's probably the most amazing of the Canadian Rockies in the Banff National Park, then to the Kootenai National Park. There's a good chance we'll get to do the Highway 40 run and uh, check out some real cool spots, some of my favorite spots uh, where we can really see some cool shit. So, Contact at thecabin.com if you want to get in on that. That will also be an all-wild meat menu. i got a bunch of elk roast put aside for that right now. A bunch of moose stuff. It's going to be a good one. Uh, I think that's all. Do you have a bio, though? Uh, yeah, I do. Crow? Yeah, I'm going to. This is Crow Capel's bio. So he's the founder of Nevermore Media. He's contributed to various anarchist publications for years, including the Earth First Journal, 
Slingshot, it's going down, Montreal Counterinfo, North Shore Counterinfo, the Anarchist News, among others. Um, and he founded Nevermore Media after these publications began rejecting his submissions of articles that were critical of the official narrative regarding the COVID pseudo-pandemic. He grew up in Ottawa, and uh, he was politicized at a young age. Um, he was also involved in a whole bunch of uh, Indigenous land reclamation stuff and uh, pipeline blocking, that kind of stuff. Uh, he's part of a growing tendency of anarchists, which argues that the political labels of leftism and right-wing have become meaningless, and that all people who earnestly desire freedom should unite against the totalitarian coup currently being rolled out in the name of biosecurity. So check out his uh, Substack and the Nevermore Media uh, link in the show notes. There you have it. I think those people actually had this same, uh, like, I have this device so I can send a text message in emergency. Remember we were talking about it? Right. So I think they had hit the SOS thing on this fucking thing, and that's how they GPSed him. Who are you talking about? The couple that got eaten by the bear. Oh my God, really? Like his last ditch effort was to GPS? Four or five hours to get them. Oh my God. Yeah, I don't think you're allowed guns in national parks either. So, I mean, they probably wouldn't have been packing anyway. And in Canada, you can't pack a fucking handgun. So you got bear spray, man. That's it. I mean, no one wants to walk around with a fucking long shotgun everywhere. It's crazy. And bear spray doesn't really do do. the trick. I mean, we do. Bear spray, maybe. I don't know. They say you don't see people with shotguns in the parks. What's that? You don't see people with shotguns in the parks. No. And what about the bear spray? Oh, you Three fifty-seven, dude. I don't give a fuck what they say. And the bear spray, what? I ain't get eaten by no fucking bear. I think you're allowed bear spray in the park. That's fine. I know, but you were saying it doesn't work, or what? It's just I don't know, man. There's, there's uh, some people say it's better than guns, but I'm a gun guy. Ride or die, man. If a bear's coming at me, I'm guy. fucking pulling out my fucking gun and blasting at it. I got a big gun. That 38 will fucking stop a bear if you get it. If you don't, you're fucked. You just put the last one in your chin. It's better than getting eaten, watching them eat your entrails. I'd say. All right, guys. Enjoy the chat. Pro. Capel. Crow Capel, thanks for joining us on Grimerica. This is our regular show, and uh, we'll have a great chat. We just passed uh, a, a special regular day last show. Friday. It didn't re- what's that? Regular show is this? So the 
other shows irregular yeah it's it's outlawed the other one so well so this is the unoutlawed yeah, yeah. But we just passed a special day. I didn't realize it was actually a statu- statutory holiday, I guess. Was it a new holiday? I mean, I just... Oh, man. It ain't a stat. It, it, is, a stat a, it is a stat holiday depending on... Uh, the for province? Uh, yeah, I, depending on where and for, for whom. I, I have a list uh, that I could pull up. Oh, okay. So, and, and then you're calling it the shame day, which I love. And I don't know if you know Darren's book is called A Canadian Shame. So I did know that. I have not yeah, yeah. to read it, but I did know that. Yeah, so. it's it's got a, some good timelines in there, and I'm going to pull some quotes out of that book probably because it's important for for timelines and and this sort of middle middle of the road perspective in a way. Well, I don't know if we could call it middle of the road, but some of the blogs I've been reading on Nevermore have sort of been really what I'm th- what I've been thinking about trying to stay like you know because there's a bunch of people that are pushing back now against mm-hmm. what they see as kind of like this woke thing happening about mm-hmm. the uh, residential schools. And then there's a bunch of people, of course, on the other side, that are sort of anti-colonialism and they're mm-hmm. putting their orange shirts on and, mm-hmm. and signaling their virtues, which, you know, some of it is legit, I guess, but it's hard to know where to land on this one. Kind of where we cross over very, a little bit with, with all these things. So, Yeah, it's very tricky. And I think it would be helpful for me to just say a bit about who I am and where I'm coming from and all yeah, of it. Yeah. So I am an anarchist. I grew up in Ottawa and, uh, and just, um, just young enough to have experienced the kind of the tail end of the anti-globalization movement, which is a time which was really exciting. So I got involved uh, with uh, political activism at a young age. Um, and I have been involved in supporting Indigenous uh, struggles for many years, uh, highly involved in the anti-pipeline movement um, in, in BC. I'm on Wet'suwet'en territory right now, highly involved in that, um, you know, for, for over 10 years now. Actually, I first came out here in 2012. Um, I was at Standing Rock, was at Elsie Pogtog, um, and a bunch of others that, uh, that people may, have, may not have heard of. Um, and I also, uh, have been doing ceremony for a long time. So I'm white guy. I'm Euro Canadian is the term, I guess. Uh, uh, but I've been, uh, doing sweat lodge ceremonies, uh, fasts and Sundance ceremonies for, for over 10 years. Um, and the reason that I, uh, bring that up is because I think that some people who are, you know, coming at this from you know, the, the alternative media, uh, you know, what, uh, you know, where some people might be pushing back quite hard against the anti-woke stuff um, is people have no doubt noticed that uh, the, the, the slogan of uh, the officially called the, the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation, uh, informally known as uh, Orange Shirt Day, which I call uh, Shame Day, uh, the slogan for it is every child matters which is kind of a knockoff of uh black lives matter quite evidently um and so i think that's interesting and i wanted to read a quote from chomsky he says that's the whole point of good propaganda you want to create a slogan that nobody's going to be against and that everybody's going to be for nobody knows what it means because it doesn't mean anything 
So every child matters is a very, you know, who could have possibly object to uh, every child matters, you know, uh, but what does it mean? You know, what does, uh, you know, it's not what people, it doesn't, it doesn't say justice. It doesn't say land back. It doesn't say uh, change uh, something. It doesn't say hold, um, you know, the, the guilty parties responsible. Uh, it's a meaningless slogan. And I think that some people might wonder, is this all a giant psyop? Or are, are res- are, is, is the significance of what happened at residential schools uh, being massively overblown? And I wanted to, um, you know, come out and say that what this started us was a very powerful spiritual movement, spiritual and political movement led by uh, the survivors themselves. Uh, so basically I, the people that I do ceremony with, um, a lot of them learned directly from grandfather William Commanda, who is the spiritual grand chief of the the Anishinaabe and, uh, was a major leader in this movement to bring to light, uh, the abuses that, uh, you know, that, that, that multiple generations of indigenous people suffered uh in the hands of residential schools um and you know it can't it really can't be overstated that this was part of a genocidal program to uh to eliminate these cultures the 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 goal was to you know eliminate the 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 indian and the child to kill the indian and the child um and to get them to assimilate to uh the euro canadian way of life so uh, it's estimated that uh, over the course of, uh, of, of the existence of Indian residential schools, 150,000 uh, children were taken from their homes uh, forcibly. The RCMP, um, you know, this was forcible. It was not voluntary. Uh, so, you know, they're kidnapping. Uh, we're talking about kidnapping like every child being official state policy for generations. And, uh, you know, there are many uh, survivors. Um, in, you know, still alive, uh, who can tell you uh, what it was like. And uh, this movement for uh, truth and reconciliation um, uh, began, actually, uh, I, one of the things that I posted just recently was a, a story where uh, I met one of uh, the, the, the men who kind of started uh, this movement. He was one of the, the early people because they, they were, you know, trying to get these schools shut down, you know, so back before um, William Commanda, even, you know, there, there was people like Douglas Cart- Cardinal, who's a, a famous architect. I, I've heard him speak about his experience in residential schools and trying to get them shut down and everything. And, uh, you know, I've heard it from, you know, the, you know, the mouths of uh, many people, you know, the experiences that they, 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 that they experienced, there was horrific abuse, you know? Um, so, what I don't like about what the government is doing now with Shame Day is I feel that they are taking control of the narrative. And, uh, and I guess now that you can't, they can't sweep it under the rug anymore, now that uh, these things are, are common knowledge, which they absolutely were not, you know, 10, 15 years ago. People didn't know, you know, and maybe they should have, but they didn't, you know. Um, I don't know, maybe you could speak, maybe both of you could speak about like when you started becoming more aware of these things, Darren, you, you, you might be more, I've been aware much sooner 
I'm not sure, but I think that when there's a psyop going on, it's important to think back, you know, like, what do I remember from 10 years ago? What as much as much as we can. Yeah. I I remember five or six, seven years ago, uh, reading, uh, or hearing more about it. And I lived in, uh, I lived in, uh, Brentwood Bay for like a year when I was young. And I remembered, uh, that was in right in, like, I don't know where it was uh, compared to a reservation, but it was quite a, quite a native, um, influence there. And I remember, quite a few feelings about the artwork and about, about that as a kid, but um, I didn't understand what was going on at all, obviously. And then we found uh, Kevin Annette, and I don't know if you've read his work at all, but he, uh, his view is kind of like the, that the TRC, the truth and reconciliation thing was a whitewash. Like it was basically to cover up all these murders. Like they didn't go deep enough into the murders and stuff. They just really kept to the, the definition of genocide about what you're saying about like, erasing the culture and i think it's sort of about that sort of softer definition of genocide um <clears throat> darren you might be able to correct me on on that but um it's interesting now because he he seems to have you know the media in some ways has kind of caught on to his narrative in, in a bit probably with no more evidence than he had way back when and, and it's also caused a big backlash now with a bunch of people saying well well, Western society has done all this good stuff. And, you know, there was abuse in some of these um, people's houses and the residential schools was a safer place for them. I mean, now we're seeing all this kind of stuff pop up. Um, but Darren, do you want to make any comments on that? Um, well, no, I'm like uh, an assimilated Indian. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't, uh, I don't know. Uh, when did you hear about it? Probably like, I mean, you started first hearing rumors of it. Like maybe, I mean, not before we started the podcast. I mean, there was like rumors flying around when I was a kid, but there was no real way to pin it down unless you were like going, but there was people who always like you heard it sort of come up here and there, or especially like in relationship with, because, you know, we, we would experience a lot of homeless Indians where I grew up for sure. And, uh, you know, as a kid, you're just sort of, you don't have a lot of understanding and sometimes compassion for that sort of situation. And I remember more than a few times having it explained to me that all the stuff that they sort of went through that, you know, we, but not in any real context or in any, you know, just sort of in passing. So not enough to really understand or retain or, or really, I mean, I didn't really start digging into it until, you know, four or five years ago. Um, and that was really just because when I wanted to dig into it for my own personal understanding, I mean, that's how I ended up writing the book is just because when I started trying to track all this stuff down, it was pretty hard to find, uh, especially anything that wasn't like a, a government source. And even the government website doesn't have the, any of the original versions of the Indian Act on it. You know, it like cuts off at, I can't remember if it's 69 or 85, but by the time the government website picks up the Indian Act amendments, you know, it's calmed right down. You know, all the bannings, the ceremony, and not being able to leave the place or not being able to sell your shit or blah, blah, blah. None of that stuff's in there anymore. So, um, you know, I don't know. The schools are definitely a problem, you know, right back to that. We got guys like 
I mean, uh, I don't know if they're related. I'll stop my head, but Harold Cardinal doing the red paper back in the 60s and 70s because, uh, I mean, that's when the original Trudeau was going to end the original Indy Act. He had the white paper back in 69 or 68. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, there was a bunch of them, but, you know, the residential schools, they happened. It's a thing. I don't know, you know, the big... The, I don't know. I don't experience a lot of denialism. Big denialism, I guess, with the grays, the rocks now, or the fake. Right. Or, or yeah. I don't know. I get asked about that, you know, here and there. I I mostly just don't engage with it because I don't, I really don't give a fuck about whether the grays are real or not. You know, I don't care. I think a bunch of kids died mm-hmm. at those schools. Would they have died anyway because of tuberculosis? You know, there's a certain percentage of them that would have obviously there's a certain percentage of white kids that were dying of tuberculosis back then. Um, you know, that is to put everything into context. The number one killer in those residential schools, probably, you know, I would say 95 out of a hundred was tuberculosis. It wasn't like they were going there. I mean, accidents were happening and I'm sure some kids were getting, killed here and there and a lot of kids died running away but mostly you know even if they are fine in mass graves it's not because they were kids were getting executed it's because they were getting sick and dying at a time when a lot of people were getting sick and dying mm-hmm. uh, there's also a chance that a lot of those graves were temporary you know those kids got buried for a while until their family could get there and eventually took the remains back and dealt mm-hmm. with them however they're you know yeah and dealt with them. So, but at the at the end of the day, you know, my opinion is that I don't I don't really care. I, you know, I'd, I kind of just breeze over that in my book. It's like two pages. It's like here's what's going on. Here's what they're saying. Mm-hmm. But uh, at the end of the day, my real problem with with it all is is land. It's just that's yeah. all I fucking care about, man. It's yeah, yeah. Land. And land. Talk about. Money. You can't give us money. Money ain't going to fucking do it. It's land. And the reserves are not fucking close to enough. None of us got fucking 330,000, 30,000 square kilometers, maybe, or something like that, which is like the equivalent of every reserve in Canada. So they might even got more than that. I should fact check that. Uh, I'm going to check that. And well, and I'm going how big uh, the none of it deal was, but that's the only like. So now that makes none of it outside of a few others that I might be ignorant of at the moment, but that's one of like one out of 600 and some that owns their shit, man. They own their shit outright from the government, recognized none of it is fucking owned by, by uh, you know, not Eskimos, Inuit. Inuit, yeah. And one thing that I want, that I think that uh, the orange shirt day is best uh, understood within the context of there was a major native insurgency uh, right up until COVID, you know, uh, there was, you know, it was called shutdown Canada centered on uh, a pipeline struggle, uh, Northern BC on Wet'suwet'en territory. Um, and, and, and basically there were solidarity actions uh, throughout from coast to coast, uh, you know, very notably uh, in, in Tainaga Mohawk territory, blocking uh, a major rail line, and there were port blockades uh, in, in various cities. And uh, I think that this was uh, very significant uh, and things had been brewing 
um, you know, for, for quite a while since, uh, you know, I, I, I'd say, uh, around the Olympics of 2010, uh, there was a lot of native, uh, resistance, uh, that was happening and there started to be more, um, uh, more alliances being built, uh, between anarchists and, uh, indigenous, uh, sovereigntists. And, uh, then this kind of, um, uh, kind of coalesced around, uh, what was called idle no more, which was uh, a protest movement. Um, and, uh, and and at this time, all of this was like the truth was coming out um, about this stuff. And at, at that time, you know, it, there was a, a very different feel to it. It was something that, you know, felt very organic, um, positive as well. Uh, you know, probably remember the, the, the yellow round. vest. Um, Same time as that, maybe the yellow vests were sort of ramping up too in France. Oh, yeah. In, in France. Yeah. Yeah, I find it actually very interesting that the it was the the exact date of uh, the 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 end of the mine calendar, um, December twenty first, twenty twelve twelve. It was a huge uh, day of uh, of action throughout Canada with huge round dances uh, in you know in 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 a bunch of different cities. And there's this uh, there's this growing movement. Definitely had a spiritual uh, component to it. Um, you know, it led to um, the 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 frack the insurrection against uh, fracking in New Brunswick, which was successful. Uh, they were able to, you know, basically send the frackers packing, and uh, and and it wasn't indigenous led in Quebec, but they succeeded in Quebec as well. Uh, and so there is, it was about land, you know, and and this movement uh, still exists. Uh, but it was definitely, um, you know, very thrown off by the whole COVID uh, yeah. issue. Yeah. Uh, people, I feel, uh, lost uh, their way. And then uh, conveniently uh, for, for the government, then they start like seizing control of the narrative around truth and reconciliation. And I think it's it's kind of like a limited hangout type thing. I don't know if your viewers know this expression, but yeah. this is kind of when the when the CIA will put part of the story out, they'll let it hang out, but they'll they won't uh, you know they won't tell you the full story. And uh, I think that if they control the narrative, then you know they're they're kind of in control of the situation. And I think that. A lot of the uh, one one thing um, I was out of the country at this point, but I believe that it was like maybe in the spring of twenty twenty one. There was uh, the supposed discovery of uh, all of these unmarked graves uh, in in Kamloops, which incidentally um, I think that that might be the very same uh, residential school that I visit in the short story that I that I that I that I posted just recently. Um, although I, I couldn't be sure because it was a long time ago, but, um, basically, um, they used a new technology, uh, called ground penetrating radar. Well, it's not that new, but they haven't used it for this before. Um, and, and basically they're able to, um, identify potential, uh, unmarked graves. And, uh, the way that it was reported, uh, you would think, um, that that they had actually discovered human remains but uh that's not the case 
Uh, and there has been a huge effort um, to, um, to, 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 to basically focus on this. So, and this was CBC-led. And I don't trust the CBC at all. You know, whenever the CBC is pushing something really hard, then I ask myself a question that you should ask when uh, state uh, media is pushing a particular narrative is why do they want us to believe this? And uh, so um, here I have an, an ex- I have a quote from an expert in ground penetrating radar um, uh, saying, at the end of the day, ground penetrating radar alone cannot 100% confirm that there is a grave present and th- or that there's anything in that grave. Um, and now this very well-funded huge effort has gone on to search for these graves throughout um, throughout Canada, uh, throughout, you know, I, f- I found reports from Yukon, uh, Saskatchewan, Alberta, BC. Uh, there's been a major efforts uh to um and i'll just i'll just uh i'd like to just play a quick quote because this gives you a sense of the type of uh coverage that uh that that they're doing and what the message that it's sending is okay based on the stories that have been shared in our communities and what we found was heartbreaking and devastating. To date, there are 93 unmarked graves, 79 children and 14 infants. Vice Chief Jenny Wolverine said the data confirms what survivors reported for decades. Most, if not all, of these unmarked graves are believed to be children, and at least 14 of them are believed to be infants. And this is based on the measurements of the soil disturbances that were detected by the GPR. Don McIntyre. Okay. So basically, uh, in, in that case, they were using a ground penetrating radar in a cemetery. Uh, so the unmarked graves, uh, they were unmarked, uh, I'm, I'm thinking, uh, because the grave markers were wooden and it's long enough, you know, that they've, you know, that they've rotted away basically. Uh, so, you know, I consider that pretty uh, misleading. I don't know about, uh, I don't know about you guys, uh, but, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, very deceptively worded uh, headlines uh, that would lead you to believe that human rate remains have been discovered when they have in fact not. And so why would they do this? Uh, so I have a lot of thoughts on this, but I think that it is a way, well, I think it's, you know, I think it's a way, it's to drive, to create uh, racial tension between Indigenous people and uh, and rural whites, many of whom are Christian, because there's been a lot of church burnings that happened uh, in, uh, in the aftermath of this. Church burnings throughout BC, Alberta. Uh, it's dozens, dozens of churches have been burnt down in Canada. Um, and, uh, these church burnings received very sympathetic, uh, coverage from, uh, the CBC. From everyone. 
from everyone. I know, yeah. like, all, the all the mainstream that group too, you know, that's like those that they don't want the Muslims or the fucking rural Christians. Christians are not, you know, let's just put like your average rural white dudes, you know, like the people out, out in Strathmore and out living on the farms all around there. You know, a lot of them aren't practicing Christians anymore, but we'll just put them in that. Oh yeah. Well, I category. Yeah. It's like those three, they can't have any of them get along. If any of those people start getting along, they got major fucking problems on their hands. Yeah. So I think it's to prevent, you know, uh, an interracial racial uh, movement. Solidarity, yeah, yeah. Solidarity from developing, because think about the uh, freedom convoy. It kills me that you know if the indigenous solidarity movement had allied with the freedom convoy, this pipeline wouldn't be getting built. You know, we would have won. Yeah. Uh, but they have managed to divide people. You know, so that. You know, because it's it's the same thing what they do in the U.S. You know, the Black Lives Matter thing, you know, it was I think it's very successful at dividing the working class, you know. Um, and in Canada, the uh, the rural population is, you know, 90, 95 percent uh, native or white. You know, that's who lives in the rural areas, especially in the areas where most of the resource extraction is happening. Right. And so I think that the uh, what they fear most or is where the green energy infrastructure is destroying the place. Because yeah. that's, you know, just as just just as if not more destructive than the oil extraction and the resource extraction. Those dams have fucking yeah. shut up worse than anything. I would argue it's connected. I mean, the site C, yeah, site C dams. I don't know. It's it, it's an there's an industrial I. Industrialization, industrialization agenda uh, in the north. You know the the situation in northern BC is what I'm most familiar with. Um, but so I think it's ultimately about what it's about. You know, it's about resource extraction, uh, and they want. Um, and so now that they can't uh, sweep uh, things under the rug anymore about residential schools, now. Um, I think they, they want to argue they want to make it about residential schools. They, they do, you know, all that, whether they were fighting or not, mm -hmm. as we're paying attention to dead kids and residential schools and wearing orange shirts and worrying about getting back together. What we're not talking about is, Hey man, you extracted a trillion dollars worth of shit off a of land yeah. that them trees very clearly defines yeah. Well, not clearly enough, obviously, but you know, they crammed us onto reserves, us, us, assimilated Indian, you know, so quotes, because I'm not on a reserve, but they crammed us onto reserves. And then they said there, that there's all this, the only way we were going to fucking agree to that, even though that, that there's a very good argument that they didn't know what the fuck was going on when they were. Mm -hmm. And I would argue that they still figured they had the run of, you know, at least half of the country, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, but anyway, all that aside, there's giant areas, swaths of land outside of all of these reserves that are supposed to be dedicated to so that we can keep practicing. Yeah. Okay. And over the last 150 years, <clears throat> a trillion dollars worth of shit mm -hmm. has been taken out of those lands. Those exact lands, 
Mm-hmm. Not just some land up the road that some fucking people bought and some oil company bought and they're grabbing some oil out of it. You know, or they bought some, they, they were talking about this fucking, this is straight out of the lands. That's, mm-hmm. that's arguably, not arguably in my opinion, that's Indian land. So you took shit out yeah. of Indian land. Before that, you were using dam in the rivers and taking power and not, you know, sharing the profits of it then. And, and you know, all that sort of... And the real pro- reason that they're distracting now is because there's about to be a giant fucking fight in the background because they want to extract another trillion dollars with mm-hmm. rare mineral, earth minerals mm-hmm. out of that same fucking land. And, and yeah. there's still, you know, we're stuck under this weird... Quasi, I think we got to be one of the only countries in the world that has uh, the Indian thing not figured out at some so, level. Whether you can you can argue whether or not you agree with how some of these other places have figured out their Indian problem. I think you're gonna like what I say. Right, they figured it out, and Canada has it. The U.S. has some weird Indian stuff, but for the most part, the Indians have their land. That's their shit. And once you're off that reserve, you're a U.S. citizen, and that's where that fucking ends. When you're on the reserve, you're the Indian. When in Canada, it's not like that. You know what? I'm an Indian everywhere I go. I got different rights than white people everywhere I go. And, uh, you know, sometimes that puts me in a class nowadays where people might be envious of my position in one way or another. You know, whether hunting, I get to keep hunting, blah, blah, blah. But let's not, let's not forget that that becomes... That comes at the at the expense of my complete culture. I get nothing. I get nothing. There's, there's, you know, I'm lucky. I come from one of the. I'm Ojibwe, so there's, you know, I can. There's a chance I can learn the language or some resources that have survived. But that's that's it, man. Everything else is fucking. We don't really know because the, you know, we it's just not fucking around anymore. Anywhere, it's just fucking gone. So that's. Yeah, I get to hunt all the time. Would I rather see something figured out? Yeah. What do I want? I want my 160 fucking acres. That's what I want. Whether I got to split that with my dad because he's my other living sort of relative in that direction or how that works out or, but you know, I don't know. Or I don't know how the fuck we untangle this mess. It should have got untangled a hundred years ago. It never maybe should have got tangled up in the first place. But now we're in the problem where all these fucking... European settlers, and I know that you didn't, and Graham didn't, mm-hmm. but there was a long period of time, and a million plus, a million and a half people mm-hmm. came to Canada and got 160 acres just for showing up. Here you go. Here's this 160 acres. Yeah, and it gets really, it gets really uh, horrible. How here. do we unpack that? So we got that problem that you know. So for 150 years, Indians didn't have their land. They couldn't mortgage it. They couldn't borrow against it. They couldn't sell their goods. They couldn't. It was illegal up until 1927 for for Indians to even uh, to ra- to combine funds for legal yeah. representation. It was illegal. Yeah. It was illegal to fucking group up and hire a fucking lawyer to defend your rights because they knew. They couldn't defend them in court in fucking 1930. Now, you know, so I don't know how they unpack it, but they, they owe us a lot of land and they owe us a lot of money for money for, and it's not, I don't know where that fucking money comes from because yeah. a lot of those corporations are say defunct, you know, gold corps. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, so how did that come from, I don't want it to come from the taxpayer. The taxpayer didn't foot the bill for it, but there's a fucking major problem here. Now the taxpayers already putting out a shitload of money you know, to, to prop up Indian infrastructure all over the place that maybe, 
you know, the Indians would be more interested in, in doing and expanding and upkeeping if they actually fucking owned it. You know, why would it's like fixing your landlord's shit? Yeah. Towards is uh, a situation where kind of all bets are off because I personally think that the uh, U.S. dollar is going to fall as, as the global reserve currency and that something else is going to replace it. And it's very hard to uh, to, you know, to see that far, far forward. But I think that we are in Canada in a um, in the coming years in a potentially revolutionary uh, situation, uh, because if uh, the you know, Canada is a is a great place geographically to have a revolution, you know, uh, just because, um, you know, because of how spread out everything is, you know, um, you know, the amount Doesn't of that make it difficult, though. Well, it's makes it difficult to police, um, you know, like you, you know, you could shut down. Um, you know, the area in, in, in which I am, there's one rail line, you know, there's two ports, you know, and all of the, and one highway. Um, and it's all dependent upon uh, infrastructure that is easily uh, blockadable. And, you know, that's happened before. That's happened during the Oak crisis. It's happened more recently uh, in 2019 uh, with, uh, you know, what happened uh, uh out here on Wet'suwet'en territory, uh, when they sent in the uh, the the heavily armed military militarized police to raid um, a protest camp uh, to to force a pipeline through, um, and there's also a lot of support amongst uh, the settler population for indigenous uh, struggles. So I think I do think that part of this, um, you know, I think that like by turning people against each other and by um well i i'd like to actually read out just uh what some of my thoughts are about what could be the goals of this um of this shame day thing okay before before you do that can i ask you both a couple questions here just to finish off what we were talking about so so darren that that uh, nunavut uh, map that you brought up do they did they give some of that nunavut territory back like what does that mean in in accordance I'm with the rest of the- so they that uh, that that fucking none of it is is uh i i, I don't have it anymore i, I close the tab but none of it is self-governed so now they still didn't end up with all the mineral rights i want to say it i want to say it at like three hundred thousand square kilometers they only ended up with mineral rights over thirty thousand of it or something like that but you know, they ended up with a big chunk of land to sort of been left to their own devices. Um, oh, interesting. Okay. So there's... And, a, and the interesting part of it is, is it amounts to 20% of the country. Well, what, for area? Like square yeah. area? Well, yeah, yeah. but it's... I mean, it's, it's, north, it's, I, mean, I mean, nobody wanted the islands. But, but I mean, they're going to find... We, we weren't... They were, The government wasn't stupid enough to give them mineral rights over all them islands because they know they're going to be up there pulling shit out of the ground eventually. Which you know becomes again. So now they're going to go up there and they're going to pull shit off because they're only getting mineral rights over ten percent of the land that they get to self-govern. So quote unquote self-govern, but you can only have mineral rights at ten percent. You know the other ninety percent. We think there's this, that, and that there. So that's our shit. But here you go. You know that's how. Which is you know maybe that's the negotiating way out. And you end take your thirty thousand square kilometers and 
and shut the fuck up because like I say, every other reserve in Canada amounts to like 28,000 on the heavy end. It might be closer to 26. It's somewhere in there and it's not owned by Indians. And some of them are pathetically small. I mean, you go by some of the ones out by Highway 40 in Longview, the name escapes me. Oh, shit, I should know. But yeah, I can't remember right now. Uh, Eden Eden Valley, I think, or Eden something. It's Eden something. Uh, you know, it's so small they couldn't do anything. They just got crammed there, and now they're, now they're like, surrounded by fucking shit. There's some public land down the road, you know, maybe. The, I don't know. It's going to have to come out of the public land now, I guess, if that's what we're doing. Because, well, I don't even know if it'll happen. I mean, that's not even on the agenda. That's just certain people pushing no, I don't land back. It, I but, mean, that's, what, that's what the argue. That's the only way we're going to go to get out of this Indian Act, though, is if it, it giant swaths of land are going to have to change hands. And I don't want it to come out of the private sector unless it's out of the corporate sector. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Foreign sector, but I, I don't think it matters because I think it's all going to fucking collapse to the point of <laughs> my perspective you know, where it doesn't fucking matter it, with the indians are just gonna that are on the reserves it's they might as well own it because i don't think they're gonna be extracting minerals from it for a whole and shit for a whole lot longer you know i think there's also the oil, the oil is going to be the only real priority if if anything for a long time so the other thing I want to, I have a couple of quotes to read out of Darren's book too, in regard to like the recent million, million March. I mean, they were talking about this. This was a problem a hundred years ago, but um, the other question I had for you, Crow, before we move on is just about that, the schools, the Kamloops one. So, so, cause people have been calling this a hoax now. And I think that's what you're trying to explain is that this was sort of, you know, this was done. And maybe in a, in a in a part of a cemetery when I thought it was supposed to be like non cemeterial burials like that was a different one. Burials. The that was one a different one. I do a and, quote from a different one. Yeah, yeah it's okay. I'll, I'll, I'm planning to. Uh, I have to go back to work tomorrow, so I don't know when I'll get around to it. But yeah, I want to yeah. uh, post something about uh, ground penetrating radar because, um, uh, yeah, I was really shocked when I found out. You know how, um, you know. This 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 evidence is really not evidence. Not, yeah. So so was the plan to 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 plant this in there, put the story out there, and then discredit it later on as well? Kind of. That's kind of what I'm thinking. But he, let me just uh, read out what I think. I'd rather they spent all that money searching the landfills, you know, for all these fucking bodies that are certainly yeah. buried there. You know, it's not a question of what's I'd love to touch where they're at. The end of this interview is the missing and murdered women because the thing is is that yeah like uh the people who are you know again anti-woke who realize that you know that they're using kind of uh you know this intolerance in the name of tolerance thing in order to divide people you know then they might end up uh not believing that the abuses which did happen at residential schools uh were significant um, and that's part of why the, I think they want you to focus on the deaths, uh, because, you know, the deaths, you know, um, you know, they're they're between like uh, twenty six hundred on the low end and, you know, like, I don't know, something like forty five hundred on the on the high end. So, um, you know, compared just to the number of overdose deaths, you know, in in Vancouver in, you know, one year, you know, that doesn't compare. Right. Um, but in terms of overall impact and significance, 
you know, um, I'd say that the residential schools did much more damage. Uh, and so I think that they want us to focus just on the number. And then, you know, then people can be like, ah, you know, like that, that, you know, like however many hundreds of thousands of people uh, have died in the Ukraine in the last two years, you know, like, why are you talking about, um, you know, the fact that, that even though Indians are only two and a half percent of the population, we're ten to twelve percent of overdose deaths. So that's yeah, exactly. you know, a giant fucking suicide. Counterinsurgency. Suicide is fucking crazy. It's crazy. It's eight to one. It's fucking thirty-five to one if you're Inuit. Yeah, the stats are brutal. Um, so let me just read uh, this uh, about so. So I say now the woke ideology promoted by the Canadian state seems to have hijacked the idea of truth and reconciliation. I don't think that Trudeau's liberals are motivated by any type of desire to rectify historical wrongs. I think they want to control the narrative around indigenous genocide. I think Orange Shirt Day is about creating a new myth which accomplishes several disempowering propaganda goals simultaneously. Number one, they want indigenous people to identify as victims rather than as warriors. Number two, they want Euro-Canadians to be ashamed of their privilege so they don't stand up for themselves as the government gets ever more authoritarian and insane. Three, they want to prevent Indigenous uh, people and rural rights from joining forces to challenge the Canadian state. Four, they want to turn Indigenous people against Christians to prevent an interracial revolutionary political movement uh, from forming based on shared spiritual values. Five, they want people to focus on the past crimes of the Canadian state rather than those that is committing in the present. For example, pouring pouring gasoline on you know the overdose crisis by uh, giving you know drug addicts drugs and calling that harm reduction. Um, and then the last one is to promote a perverse kind of pan-indigenous monoculture based on the shared experience of being oppressed. Because in reality, there is not one. Indigenous culture in Canada. There's many, and uh, but what do all they all have in common? Well, they all have in common the common the the experience of being oppressed by Canada, and so by kind of um, kind of getting people to identify with that as who they are, you know, then people are more likely to, I don't know, accept it if it's like if it's. I, I think that that's a big part of it. Um, and but I think that more than anything, it's just to prevent uh, solidarity. It's divide and conquer. And, uh, you know, this all took us quite a while to figure out, I think, because, you know, we were they used to use race and gender to uh, to divide and conquer in one way. And then they started using it in a very different way. And it was incredibly weird. And, you know, uh, uh, it took me a long time to to figure out. Now I feel, oh. Race and gender are ways to divide people. They can do it in one way, or they could do it in another way. You meanwhile, know? there's meanwhile there's excess deaths among young people, especially that they're just sweeping under the rug. I mean, nobody wants to talk about the real gen- democide that's happening right now. This is this is. I go on a rant in one of my pieces about every child matters. Well, how about you know when they were you know locked down and prevented from playing and having normal uh, childhood experiences for you know, two years, you know, this yeah. is going to have impacts, you know, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, years forward. And so, you know, yeah, every child matters. Great. You know, uh, but let's, 
you know, you, you can't overthrow, you know, the, the dead, you know? So I think that they want you focusing on the past because, you know, most of those people who are responsible for those crimes, you know, those, those, you know, uh, Mounties who stole the kids from the homes and, you know, the, you know, the priests and the nuns that, uh, that, that, that did abuse, uh, those children, um, and the bureaucrats that oversaw all of that, the law, the, the politicians that made the laws, the lawyers that, um, that enabled it all, you know, those people, uh, are dead or they're very old, you know? And, uh, so, but if they can redirect people's, um, you know, uh, rage towards something that is in the past that can't be changed, then that they're not thinking about what can be changed, which is, uh, you know, the present and the future. And I think that, um, you know, we're coming into a time where, you know, I'm, I'm really not sure uh, what's going to happen. I think that, uh, you know, it's, it, it is world war three, you know, like, yeah. you know, the, the casualties in, in the Ukraine, you know, they are real, you know, a lot of people have died and, uh, you know, there's all these coups in Africa too, leading me to believe that there's a NATO BRICS kind yeah. of uh, proxy war going on there too. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Canada is between the U S and Russia, you know, oh, this yeah. is going to affect us, you know, especially, you know, the, the Northwest passage is a major, um, yeah, transportation route. It'll be, you know, it's, it's, it's one of the prizes, you know, to be won and Russia is, is dominant in, in Arctic warfare. Um, so how, you know, I think that we are, um, you know, we, we are being weakened, you know, uh, in, in several different ways. I also do think that the, the, the harm reduction stuff is a counterinsurgency strategy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're, they've made drugs, uh, like I was always for the decriminalization. I was always against the drug war. Um, uh, but now we see kind of like victory kind of snatched. We see snatched away from us because it's again, they like pour gasoline on a situation by giving drug addicts uh, free drugs and um, like creating an environment uh, in which they can kill themselves. And uh, so to me, I think that I think it was Gandhi that said, uh, first they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they fight you, then they win." And I'm going to say that's not how it works. Here's how I've seen it work. I think that uh, first they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they fight you, then they let you think you've won, then they uh, uh, pretend to be on your side, then they co-opt your movement, uh, and then they win. And so that's what I think is going on with uh, the shame day thing. I think that it's to take all the legitimate uh, rage at the real injustices of residential school and kind of uh, steer it into uh, a dead end uh, that prevents uh, a movement that um, would be, uh, you know, motivated by indignation at these injustices to do something about it. You know, because I have, you know, like I have, um, you know, I, I I've seen alliances uh, be built between uh, uh, settler activists and indigenous <clears throat> defenders, and uh, the 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 success. There have been significant successes. I I, I mean, the anti fracking, uh, the, the they they kicked the frackers out of New Brunswick. That's significant, you know. Um, and that's not what they want because um, 
because Canada is, you know, a resource colony. It's an extraction. Yeah. Think about how much they put the uh, fought back against the, the the latest convergence of people like the the million march, right? Happened all over the country and it was Muslims and Christians and people that just want them to stay out of their kids' like lives, right? Give the parental rights back. Yeah. Here's a quote from here's a quote from Darren's book, John A. McDonald. Imagine what the Euro Canadians or the or the even the woke Canadians would think if this was this was against them. When the school is on the reserve, the child lives with its parents who are savages, and though he may learn to read and write, his habits and training mode of thought are Indian. He is Mm -hmm. simply a savage who can read and write. It has been strongly impressed upon myself as head of the department that Indian children should be withdrawn as much as possible from the parental influence. And the only way to do that would be to put them in a central training industrial schools where they will acquire the habits and modes of thought of white men. I mean... The, well, what, what if the tables were reversed, right? I mean, and, and so this has been going on a hundred years and they're still trying to take you away from if kids from parents. That's the first prime minister of Canada. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I still don't think they should tear down his statues. I don't know that that's a... And here's... I'm for I'm for just tearing the statues down, but to me, when, when it went to burning churches, that's where I drew the line because I was like, there's a difference between the two, you know? And here's... Uh, Here's a quote from Duncan Campbell Scott. This is also in Darren's book. He's the deputy. He was the deputy superintendent general. Especially uh, because, I mean, most Indians are Christians or Catholic, you know? So it's like, that's going to divide your own, them even further. So mm-hmm. burning them churches is just subdividing, you know? Yeah. Like I'd, I'd like to just read a quick thing about church burnings here. Um, because... Uh, yeah, I say an attack on a church is different from the destruction of a statue. I support the distraction, uh, destruction of sh- statues of d- genocidal colonists such as John A. MacDonald, but the destruction of a church is different. For one thing, a church is not just a symbol. It is a community building where real activities take place. Weddings are held in churches, so are funerals. Community meals are held. Different kinds of meetings take place. A building sh- serves real purposes to flesh and blood human beings, which a statue does, does not. But beyond this, an attack on a church is an attack on the members of that church. And if the members of that church are indigenous, then these attacks are ta- these arsons are attacks upon indigenous people. Um, and so, like the way that it was framed in the media was that you know these uh, native people are uh, you know righteously taking you know enacting vengeance uh, for past historical wrongs. But I think that more likely uh, these were being burned down by intelligence agencies or I'm just going to say it, maybe Satanists, you know, when a church gets burned down, you know, like look at what happened in Norway when, you know, they were burning down churches there. Who, who was doing it? It's Satanists. I mean, there's a good chance that we were able to get some fucking kids. I mean, there's a ton of kids on a bunch of these reserves that are mixed up. I mean, they haven't had, proper you know this is the first the, the the parents have only been back in the situation for a couple of generations and you know half the time the alcohol is still a problem drugs are still a problem you know mm-hmm. suicide's a major problem there's a bunch of problems that mm-hmm. are still sprawling out there that they're trying to recover from while going into that you know oh yeah i wouldn't rule it out especially if oh, it was just gonna, like two or three or five kids that are it's drunk yeah and no one has been caught, you know, if it was just like troubled kids, you know, one of them 
wouldn't one of them have slipped up by now? I mean, the indigenous community reserves, they're often small places and people talk and people, you know, would, I think, you know, notice, have their, um, you know, ideas about who might've done it. And, you know, not one person It's and it's also like, you know, it takes I'm not some ruling it out. You know, I'm not ruling it out. I would, I could definitely, you know, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. And I guess I think that, you know, when I look at propaganda, try and, you know, figure out what they're doing, then it always gives you a hint of what they're afraid of, what the state wants to prevent. And I think that, you know, you know, um, uh, I think that, I mean, a lot of rural whites are industry workers or their family members are, or they're supportive of uh, industry. And so, you know, uh, previously, although there is quite a bit of support, you know, there was quite a bit of support for the anti-pipeline movement for people from like logging families up here it's because guess what? They love the forest, you know, <laughs> they like fishing, they like hunting. They don't want to see it destroyed. They don't want to see, um, you know, all of this, this happens so that they can send all of the resources to, to China. I mean, it's like a Chinese state owned company. That's, uh, you know, one of the major investors in, in, in this talking about the coastal gas lake pipeline. So there is, you know, quite a bit of uh, support, you know, for, for indigenous rights, you know, I think that like, we've come a long way from, you know, the, um, you know, the, the dark days of, of racism. Like I'm working with a bunch of, you know, like, um, you know, like working class redneck types uh, in my firefighting job. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, it's, people are supportive. People, you know, understand there's, there's quite a lot of, you know, uh, empathy for, um, you know, for, for indigenous people based on, the understanding which has emerged because of uh because of this uh the years of truth and reconciliation and people weren't aware before and now they are you know like i think that but now i feel like that risks being lost and that there'll be a backlash against uh against um indigenous people and um, you know, especially if they, you know, I think the truth is like at the beginning with the, this ground penetrating radar, I didn't hear anybody saying a peep, you know, and now I don't know. You guys are, you guys, I, I've been in the bush, you know, and before that I was in Mexico. So you guys would have a better, you know, read on where people are at with that one. What, what, what sense are you getting? I haven't, I can't follow it. I, it's been too crazy to follow. I mean, it's like the people are calling it a hoax. Now people are saying like, they're listening to the, the, just the mainstream media. All of a sudden the conspiracy theorists are always just listening to the media on this one. Oh, now all of a sudden they're not, it's not uh, a real thing anymore. Oh, it was a real thing. And well, now it's not because the CBC says so. So I, I just don't believe anything that comes from the mainstream media, but I, I just have no idea what, what the truth is on it. I, I, it's one of those ones that's just, so confusing yeah. to try and follow. And I, to me, yeah. it's a non-issue. It's just a non-issue. Who cares? Who cares? I mean, I'm not trying to be callous because I get a bunch of kids died and that's terrible. And, you know, but I don't care if the graves are real. I don't really care about residential schools at this point. They happened. 
you know, I'm glad I'm not in one. I'm glad my kids aren't in one. But, you know, them, there's sure precedent for a lot of kids getting snatched off and going to school that were white, you know, all, all across the world back in the day or boarding schools or church schools or whatever the fuck it was that the cult of Christianity was pushing. I don't really care about that. All I care about is fucking land, man. Let's figure out some land and let's figure out some fucking... And sovereignty. Figure too. it out fucking fast. And that has to include yeah. sovereignty. Basically, so, so maybe we could end on a positive note here because uh, I could tell you a bit about like a, a bunch of the people involved in the anti-pipeline movement just came to that conclusion, you know, is, um, you know, uh, let's not wait or let's not ask. Let's just go out there and uh, take the land. And so now there are multiple um land uh reoccupations out on the territory um here in the Wet'suwet'en nation and the the next one over is the Gitsan. Um and so there's no um land there's no deeds granted by the Canadian state. People go out to uh places um uh and they they set up, they build cabins, um, you know, and there's a, there's a feast hall that's just been built out on uh, Gidimden territory. My friends just went out to that uh, today. Yesterday, I just I, I was out at one that's called the the Sovereign Lexamitsu Village, and uh, there's three cabins, a summer kitchen, greenhouse, uh, gardens, um, and uh, a fourth cabin being built. And uh, you know, kids from the community. Uh, go out there and, um, you know, there is a movement of cultural uh, revitalization and, um, you know, the, the, the movement uh, goes, uh, you know, far beyond uh, what the media generally portrays it as. Uh, I, I think another positive part is that we're realizing that this whole civilized versus savages thing was completely wrong and backwards. Yeah. I mean, the, the savages are the ones that are close to the land and they're in tune with nature and yeah. we're being civilized to death and we're sacrificing humanity on the altar of scientism and it's yeah. wrong. It's all, 100%. you know, so their whole narrative that they, they've, yeah. they've been doing this sort of genocide and, and uh, eugenics on is, is all fucked up and backwards. Yeah. And people are realizing it. To be clear, I am not uh, anti-pipeline. I am I'm anti steamrolling through Indian land mm-hmm. and not negotiating with said Indians over mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z. But I mean, here's the thing: most of them Indians want power, and most of them Indians want fuel, and you know they need money to. We need money to. We need energy. All this infrastructure. If we want to, if we want to be nation to nation for real, if we want to have sovereignty in our nation, that means we got to be able to pay for our own schools, pay for our own this, pay for our own that. We have to take. That's real account. You know, we don't want to go just live in the bush as much as I think I want to do that sometimes. that We need to evolve in our own way, whatever direction that is. But whatever direction it is, is going to involve energy. We're going to need money. We're going to need trade. We're going to need export probably to, to some extent. So I'm just anti-blasting through all that shit. At the end of the day, I'm very pro-pipelines. I'm very pro, you know, all of it. You know, I'm not going to put an oil and gas sticker on my truck because I think that's fucking gay as shit. I'm not saying I love oil and gas companies. No, I don't. You know, if I trusted the government in well, any fucking way, shape, or form, I would argue that energy is one of the things that should maybe be owned by the fucking people. 
but well, the government theology also um, likes to uh, gloss over, perhaps. Well, is, let me just finish like, this up. Like, I, think that, about and I went out today hunting with my daughters and, oh, cool. and the missus and shot grouse and ate oh. them for dinner. And I shot grouse and we're parking the truck, mm-hmm. literally driving on roads that were put in place for fucking natural gas pipelines back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. That's why the roads are there. That's a, you know, And a lot of the bush roads I hunt are because logging companies were back in the day. End of the day is I'm out there and I'm hunting deer and I'm hunting antelope. I'm hunting grouse. I'm hunting ducks. I'm parking at a fucking wellhead. And mm-hmm. I'm walking 100 feet. Dude, I've shot antelope with my fucking gun on oil and gas infrastructure running, you know, still compressor stations. And then I go to my other spot where the fucking windmills have come in and where the solar farms have come in Mm -hmm. and it's all fucking gone. It's all gone. There's fucking nothing there. It's all moved on. It's as if the windmills are there, the fucking deer are gone. They're fucking gone. The coyotes are gone. The deer are gone. If the fucking solar farm are there, it's just gravel. So now there was, there was prairie and all this other stuff going on. Now they just fucking pave it. And it's just miles of fucking solar farms. So uh, my, as an Indian who lives off the land, probably to a larger extent than most Indians can say in 2023, um, you know, I still have a day job and all that, but, you know, I got 450 pounds of wild meat of like seven different fucking strokes in my freezer right now that we're eating for dinner six days a week, you know? So, you know, and I'm doing it in my truck. And like I say, I'm doing it on, I'm doing it. I would say a lot more in tune with oil and gas, uh, than I am with the green energy all over the place. And the dams are fucking shit up more than anything. You know, I'm not, I wasn't there in the seventies and eighties. It probably wasn't very huntable then. But I can tell you that if we're going to keep this solar fucking farm, all of fucking southern Alberta is not going to be huntable in 50 years because that's not coming back. It's got to be there forever. The oil is going, wreck out the place a little bit. I'm telling you, it fucking comes back because I'm hunting on shit that was tore up 40 years ago and fucking all the animals are there. Dude, I seen a seven point fucking elk on Friday. That is, uh, yeah, and I think that uh, it is true that things do go back, you know, like in, you know, I, where I am, everything's been logged, you know? Uh, and I think that, uh, I think the Canadians have also gotten very used to, you know, um, you know, being a rich country because of the incredible, uh, wealth of the land. Um, but I do think that, you know, a lot of it has been taken, you know, like the, you know, the trees, have been cut, you know, you look, you go out there and, you know, most of them are, you know, not, you know, you could, you could put your hands around them, you know, um, in a lot of cases. And, uh, I think that it takes time and I would hope that, you know, we could, uh, you know, like I'm not against like cutting trees down, you know, I'm against clear cutting, taking them all down. And I think that, you know, that, doesn't help the people you know that doesn't it means that there's less workers involved when it's just like you know uh rape and scrape you know it's uh if it was uh you know if it was more sustainable forestry practices then 
there would be more people that would be involved in it. And uh, I think that, I think, I mean, it, the forest is, the Boral forest is absolutely massive, you know, and because it's so big, then uh, there's been a very, ah, fuck it, you know, there's just, uh, you know, just go get some more, but, you know, it, hopefully we're able to evolve uh, to a point where we can get what we want uh, from the land without uh, destroying it for future generations and for the other species that depend on it uh, as well. And they can, I, they can stop it, spraying glyphosate on the forest. Yes, very good idea. Very, very good idea. Like who, who does that benefit? It sickens me. The glyphosate, they're spraying glyphosate on fucking airplanes to kill the hardwood. So the softwood grows bigger so they can cut it down before it's even big enough to lumber fucking grind it up and fucking turn it into toilet paper that's why you're spraying fucking pesticides of airplanes like i don't know i uh i think chem that trails, baby what's that that's some chemtrails yeah um and i don't know but i'm also i'm also very strongly uh of the opinion that what canada needs is a yellow vest movement, you know, where uh, people who have in the past been divided over, you know, issues like abortion or immigration or um, language, language is a big thing in back East um, or, you know, that those people could uh, come together and realize uh, that uh, common, common cause. And I really do believe that, in Canada now, the only solution is revolution. Canada has been a country for, well, supposedly a country for 150 years. In reality, it's a colony of the, the British crown. And uh, I think we need to fucking get rid of those guys. Um, and uh, personally, I'm an anarchist, so I don't um, envision, I might have one vision of, uh, of the future, um, might be different from somebody else's, but I think that we can come together and uh, and 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 agree that why the fuck are we governed by the fucking you know the royal family of England, you know fuck that, you know and why is there a senate and why is you know you know why 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 is this a monarchy you know? Uh, why Ottawa have any fucking say? Over what the fuck's going on in Alberta? That's what I want. I'm wondering over what is going on on fucking Indian land. Yeah, well, yeah. What I what I believe in is a bioregionalism more, where you know there's, you know, like people should have, uh, you know, decision um, making power over, you know, some say in the decisions that affect them. You know, uh, and that you know is going to tend to be make more sense just based on a, a more local, smaller level you know uh and yeah so that's what i'm for crow this has been fantastic where can people find your stuff yeah you can check uh check out my substack substack uh nevermoremedia.substack.com and uh we also have a uh a website we're uh nevermore uh dot media but i haven't posted um the articles that i've been referencing on there yet so I would encourage people to check out my Substack. You can follow us on Twitter as well. Um, 
And yeah, stay tuned. I got a lot in the works. And uh, but I'm gonna be heading out to the bush to work for the next two weeks. So um, I don't know. Maybe I'll find the time to post that ground penetrating radar stuff. But uh, stay tuned for that because uh, that's gonna be a bombshell. Crow, always a pleasure. Have fun in the bush. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Thanks so much for having me on. All right. Thanks, buddy. Take care. And that was a chat with Crow Capel. What do you think, oh, buddy? Yeah. That was great. Studio? Yeah, it was great. Yeah, I, it's, the studio's not quite finished yet, but uh, at least I got the computer and the mic set up. So you sound like a pro. We can't even tell you barely. Missed. You can't hear the echo from no panels on the wall. No, it's not too I can, bad. I can hear it definitely. But yeah, yeah, no, it's not too bad. That mic is doing a pretty good job. Big thanks to Crow for coming on the show. Big thanks to you guys for listening. Even bigger thanks if you're one of those people supporting. Our great work over here. Magnum Opus, grammarica.ca slash support. If you can, when you can, you can sign up for a monthly or make a one-time donation. This is a value for value show, so we can't do without you. Uh, tell your friends about this show. Sign up for Grammarica Outlaw. That's our other one where we talk about sketchy shit. Not sketchy, maybe just uh, spicy. I don't know. What's the word? Controversial. That'll definitely cover it. And uh, stuff they don't want you to know about. And then we got the audiobooks, adultbrain.ca, Napoleon Hill. We're going to change the books like tomorrow, so if you guys want to download it, better do it pretty quick and change them this week. Uh, other than that, we love you guys. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next week. You're fussing, you're fighting when you come around. Won't be enough.